It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. I'm your host, Mary Fanning, and with me today is Joseph Connor, a man who knows terrorism up close and personal, be it 9-11 or the FALN. Joseph Connor, welcome. You've lived through so many chapters of what has taken place in this country, and you've seen firsthand the terrorism, the terrorism that has in, been invited in and let, and let loose on the American people. Yep. Welcome. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for having me. Joe, this is a heartbreaking story, but please tell us about the FALN and how it walked into your life and what it did and how the Clinton administration made sure that they paid no price. Yes, uh, the FALN was a communist, it was a Marxist organization that purported to be in favor of uh, Puerto Rican um, independence from the United States, when in fact they were they were looking to subjugate the Puerto Rican people like Cuba. Um, on January 24th, 1975, my dad, Frank Connor, was 33 years old. Uh, he went to work that day. He, was a, he worked at J.P. Morgan Bank in New York, and he took clients to Francis Tavern. Um, we were going to be celebrating my ninth birthday that night and my brother's 11th birthday. I was born January 20th, and Tom was born the 13th. My mom had made us, was making a special meal for the four of us that night to celebrate. When my dad went to be to Francis, which is where George Washington uh, bade farewell to his officers after the Revolutionary War, where, the, where liberty was founded in this country, uh, with the Sons of Liberty, uh, he sat down with clients and they actually moved tables to a better table. When a uh, man walked in with a duffel bag, and uh, in, in a crowded lunchtime, uh, he looked very out of place. It was a, mainly the corporate types. And uh, this guy was scraggly and uh, didn't kind of fit in, but it was very busy. And he set the duffel bag down on a stairwell uh, behind the table where my dad was eating. Um, within a couple of minutes, the, uh, the package exploded, um, filled with shrapnel and dynamite. Um, it killed three people um, instantly, um, including my father, and one died on the operating table um, some hours later at Beekman Hospital in the city. Um, it shattered our lives, and that was the book I wrote about this. And uh, you know, in the name of your book, Joe? It's called Shattered Lives. Shattered and Lives. Goes, and it goes into the detail of what happened that day and what led up to it and uh, the aftermath. So my, my dad, you know, 33, first generation American, um, living the American dream. He went to college at night to get his, his degree and uh, worked at the bank 
my grandmother got him the job there. She was a cleaning lady at, at Morgan and got him a job so he'd be safe. So he wouldn't be a cop or a fireman like so many of his friends. So, Joe, so here's this Irish immigrant family. His yep. mother was working as a cleaning lady. His yep. grand, th this is an American success story. Absolutely. And, and yet and, it's and, snuffed out. And, and, and that's what they were targeting. You know, they talk about profiling. Well, the FALN was certainly profiling as they put it in their communique, uh, corporate executives, um, reactionary corporate executives. You know, my dad was not a corporate, was not a reactionary corporate executive. He was a New York City kid who grew up very near some of the FALN terrorists where they grew up um, on the west side of Manhattan. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it just was just so senseless and evil. Um, finding out about that that night and uh, realizing that my dad was gone. And my mom was an Irish immigrant and had no family here. So um, we were, you know, somewhat alone. Uh, my father, I remember that night, you know, we were all kind of crawled in bed with my mom and my brother and me and the dog, Bonnie. And I, I asked my mother's grandma, meaning my father's mother, still our grandmother. And I was nine, I didn't know. And she said, well, of course she is. Of course she is. And I gotta tell you, my mom, and then she, she remarried some years later, and Jerry have been, were nothing but fantastic to my grandmother. And they set the tone to keep our family together. And it was uh, you know, all because of my dad, we wouldn't let him down. Well, that's, that's, uh the the belief system of the base of the family where they stick together and yep. and uh through hard times and not that's, that's absolutely right and you know we we went through a lot and it's funny that no oh, i don't know if it's funny but today sometimes i hear about people having a tough childhood their parents divorce and that kind of thing and it is tough and people don't really consider me that i went through a tough childhood <laughs> When my father was murdered, it's but it's because the family stuck together, and, uh, and you know my uncle, my uncle Don, my father's first cousin, who would endure it again on 9/11 when his son Steve was murdered. But um, and my grandma Connor um, stuck with us, and um, you know we were uh, you know we did the best we could, and we all you know my brother and I went to college and got good jobs. My mom went back to college and graduated from William Patterson College in New York, in New Jersey the same day my brother graduated Boston College. So we, we all went and tried to do our best um, and, uh, and have families of our own. And a lot of it was because we would never let my father down. It's quite a story, but it's a story of a family. And it's also the story of communists and what they do. And part of the core goal of communism is to destroy the family unit. Well, that's absolutely right. And we're seeing that throughout this country now. And that, that's, why, that's why this story, while it happened in January 1975, it's still so relatable. Um, you know, we can talk about the clemencies that the Clintons and Obama gave to these terrorists to connect them to Hillary, to connect Hillary Clinton to her run for the Senate in 2000. We can talk about 9-11, where my cousin was killed. We could talk about January 6th, where, um, where uh, protesters at, at the Capitol were convicted of seditious conspiracy, the same charge 
that the FALN <laughs> was convicted of, who blew up 130 bombs in the U.S., murdering six people, uh, and then were released by the very people who were charging protesters with, with seditious conspiracy. Um, too many, too many sim, um, similarities, too many connections to today. And, uh, you know, they say, if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. And, you know, we're seeing this over and over again. Yeah. And part of that is because uh, I think it's twofold. We have the, the mainstream media. I like to call the Smith-Munt media now after Barack Obama put through the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, uh, making what had been illegal to use propaganda on the American people was now made legal under the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, which had been in place since 1948. But the Modernization Act under Obama took place in 2012. So the mainstream media is not covering the truth of the matter and bringing that to the American people. And if they were, you would see the communist infiltration into all of our government, uh, particularly into uh, those who you had to contend with uh, as they released the FALN. And so as you said, here's these terrorists who yep. set off 130 bombs, killed six people, yet under the Clinton administration, they were released. How is it, um, some of what took place as I read your, um, your, your book and your information, your interviews, was really quite stunning uh, that the FALN, so this is a communist organization, yeah. and the, the fact that they committed these murders, put out these terrorist bombs, and then tell us what happened in the jail system when they all started collaborating. Yes, well... I mean, it, it, there's so many aspects to this, but one of them is when the Clintons, we'll go back to August of 1999 when Hillary Clinton was planning her run for Senator from New York. It was going to be against Rudolph Giuliani, if you remember, and then Giuliani uh, got prostate cancer and he didn't run, but it was gonna be a fight for Hillary. So um, we had heard about a year before in 1998 that there was some consideration of giving clemency to these FALN terrorists. Now, keep in mind that they blew up 130 bombs in the U.S. They were convicted of seditious conspiracy, armed robbery. Some tried to escape from prison using helicopters and plastic, plastic explosives. Um, but they were never specifically convicted of the fonts of bombing. Um, they were all, all put away in Chicago for 55 to 70 years. They were not brought back to, to New York to face charges on Francis because it was a done deal. They were away essentially for life. And the economics of law enforcement in the early 80s wasn't going to allow them to come back and do another trial where the death penalty was not, was not a, 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 an option. So, so essentially they were put away for life. Hillary then is gonna be running for Senator from New York. She has no connection to New York at all. She's a car no. mm -hmm. So, so the, the idea it come, comes out and it's, it's uh, Ruff, who was in the Clinton administration. It was Eric Holder. Um, it was uh, Luis Gutierrez. Um, had they come up with this idea that, well, why don't, why don't we release these terrorists or give them clemency? And, uh, and, and that'll ingratiate Hillary with the Puerto Rican community in New York. That, it was a flawed decision from the beginning. Number one, you're releasing terrorists. Number two, the terrorists didn't request clemency. 
As a matter of fact, when they were offered clemency, they rejected it. They said no. They, they didn't recognize the United States jurisdiction over them. So for a month, they were allowed conference calls between prisons like Terre Haute, Indiana, <laughs> um, and other federal prisons where they were where they were locked away. And that's unprecedented. The clemency is an individual grant, yet the Justice Department allowed them to decide as a group whether to accept or reject the clemency. Finally, on September 10th, 1999, uh, all but Oscar Lopez uh, Rivera uh, accepted the clemency they, and they walked out of prison the day later and um, Lopez stayed. So we is, didn't know- Is why. Lopez still there? Well, Lopez, if, if you recall, um, in, in he, he had always rejected any um, any parole. So we found out that in 2011, he, he accepted a parole hearing and I went to the prison in Terre Haute and, we, and, and faced him in a little room and we kept him in. Um, he was a lying terrorist and that's what he was. So he was, his, his parole was rejected and he was to stay in prison until Obama's last day in office um, in 2017, Obama offered Oscar Lopez the, the clemency for the same crime. It's the first time in U.S. history that someone was given clemency twice for the same crime. Th this time, Lopez accepted it. And then he was going to be made the um, freedom hero of the Puerto Rican Day Parade that year. Um, freedom the hero. Freedom. Wait a minute. Freedom the freedom hero. The yes. freedom hero. Freedom hero. Yep. That's, okay, so he murder he sets off 130 bombs and he murders six people. He receives clemency and parole, yeah. and and we're going to have this is a whole lot like the Soviet silver masters that received a uh, that turned over our nuclear secrets and they received a big parade when they hit back in Moscow. But okay, keep going. Yes, yeah, so, despicable. So, so it, I mean, it, it just it just it's, it's unbelievable when when they offered him the the freedom hero. It was at the World Trade Center at the Freedom Tower. This was announced in New York that he was going to get this. Now, keep in mind that in 1978, the FALN threatened to blow up the World Trade Center, and it was the first time that the Trade Center was evacuated. Believe, believe it or not. So, so, this so let's get this clear. At the yep. site of where the Twin Towers have been taken down, they're going yes. to celebrate this man, a, a freedom hero. Or a freedom hero. Mm -hmm. This, this is, is what perfect. We, this is the kind of insanity that our family has had to cope with. And, and, and you know, not only from the terrorists, but then the, then the, the politicians who said th these were nonviolent terrorists. They never hurt anybody. You know, like my father, was, like my father was a nobody. There's, yep. there's the, the people that sat in France's tavern that day. I mean, that was with purpose. Again, that's where yeah. the Sons of Liberty and George Washington launch this country. That was a, an act of war against our liberty, as well yeah. as killing freedom-loving Americans on that day. Blowing, I mean, you put a bomb under someone's chair and that's not violent? This, this, is, this is the stuff because they were never specifically convicted of the Francis bombing. And, and, you know, and I take it back to 9-11 and you know, I, was, I, I commuted through the trade center that morning and I watched the the buildings explode out my window and my cousin Steve, my father's godson, was murdered that day. 
And I drove his car home from the train that night, the same train oh. station my dad, my dad had parked in. But I, I, I think about that, and I've been to Guantanamo Bay, and I've looked, I've looked at um, Benatosh and uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and I realized that these guys, they, they didn't fly the planes that hit the World Trade Center. If they did, they'd be dead. So it's the same concept. The, the, the FALN, if you're a member of a conspiracy like, like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed or Oscar Lopez were, you're responsible for all acts of that conspiracy, whether you specifically planted the bomb or flew the plane or not. So there, well, there's, there's no difference here. To call these people nonviolence is, is so despicable. It's, and such an affront to American people and the law enforcement who put their lives on the line every day to arrest these guys, their families broke up. They, they dedicated everything they had to it. And, and this is what they get. Well, Joe, uh, af- as we go to hear a break from our sponsors, our sponsors who support out loud truth and, and, and liberty, uh, I cannot imagine the outrage, the pain that your family felt as they're honoring at the Twin Towers a terrorist who set yeah. bombs 130 across this country. And it just tells you that this is a communist revolution where everything is inside out and upside down. We'll be back after we hear from our sponsors. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made CofixRx nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to the National Security Hour, where you will hear the out loud truth, the voice of freedom. You can hear our our shows every Monday through Friday with military and intel experts at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. With us today is a recipient of the terrorism that has been let 
run loose on the American people with officials, communist officials like Hillary Clinton. Um, Joe, welcome back, Joe Connor. Um, it's interesting that you say that, you know, were they looking to um, uh, gin up the chances for Hillary Clinton's uh, Senate run and Rudy Giuliani stepped out and, and he did not run. But also there was another candidate that was running against Hillary that he 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 was not in the race either. And that was John F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah, well, so I mean, the, we all know that JFK Jr. And uh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, maybe the, the way was clear. Yeah. Yeah. I beg your pardon? Maybe we don't all know what happened to him. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that was just the... No, uh, we don't. We just know that he was not in the race uh, after he passed away in that plane crash. But it's, it's important for people to understand that Hillary Clinton is a longtime communist. This was a woman who, uh, who wrote her thesis and was all about Saul Alinsky, a communist revolutionary. Uh, Saul Alinsky, his patron was Agnes uh, Meyer, the family that started the Washington Post. Uh, they were his patrons. They funded Saul Alinsky. So the, the red thread runs deep through um, the organizations that run this country. I, it's particularly disturbing who the FALN is, the, the yeah. terrorists that they had, they did not han have to answer to the law. And if they, it says, why weren't they tried the second time? Wouldn't they have been put to death and received a death sentence at that point? There was no death penalty in New York. Mm -hmm. um, so they were, they were, they were not going to face that. And I've talked to the FBI agents uh, who investigated it in the seventies and the prosecution in Chicago, um, who I, um, very good friends with uh, the lead prosecutor in Chicago. And, uh, you know, that, that was the unfortunate part. They, they were, they were essentially away from life. I mean, they were 60, 55, 70, 65, 70 years in prison. There was no way they were ever getting out. And they were in some of the maximum security prisons like Florence, Colorado and Leavenworth. I mean, Oscar Lopez planned to break out of Leavenworth using plastic explosives and a helicopter uh, when the FBI actually um, got, got, you know, got, got word and they, they, uh, they stopped the breakout. But this is the kind of people we're talking about. Um, so Oscar they, Lopez, his brother, Jose, is a community organizer. I think our audience should understand that community organizer is another word for communist organizer. They change the language with purpose. So if, if they change what you say, they change what you think. If they right. control your, your, your uh, which is very important because you cannot let this whole uh, control mechanism over what we say. So um, explain to me who Oscar Lopez is and how he connects to the weatherman and Bill Ayers. Well, Oscar Lopez was um, one of the leaders of the FALF. Um, he's the one who turned down the clemency in 1999 and who um, a small group of us went to the prison in Terre Haute um, in 2011 and we kept him in at his parole hearing. His brother, Jose, as you pointed out, was the uh, community, was or is a community organizer from Chicago and a close associate of Obama, who was also a community organizer in Chicago and Bill Ayers and the rest of that group. It was a cabal of these terror groups. Um, and you know, can think of it as the, sometimes the, the first Batman movie from the 60s where the Joker, Riddler, Penguin, all kind of 
came in cahoots, but it was the same thing back then. You had the Weather Underground, you had the May 19th Communist Organization, you had the FALN, you had the Sibianese Liberation Army, you had these all these groups that were really connected, and the, the focal points of them were Cuba, and uh, where they received training, and Chicago, where they had the, the activism in the U.S. And, uh, and, and Lopez, Oscar Lopez, um, came from Puerto Rico as a young, young kid to Chicago, where he was an activist, and somehow ended up moving from activism for, for poor um, city people to a uh, hardened uh, communist terrorist. And, uh, you know, he, he was a leader of this very small group. The FLN was, you know, a handful of people, maybe 20 at any given time. And uh, they, they, were, they were so dedicated to what they did. At, when they were sent, when they were brought to trial, they refused to um, testify at all. And at sentencing, they threatened to kill the judge. Judge McMillan carried two six shooters under his robes. And uh, at, at sentencing, when they did speak, one of the FALN members, Carlos Torres, said, uh, I am George Washington. And to that, um, uh, McMillan replied, um, yes. And if the British had caught Washington, they'd have hanged him. And if I could hang you, that's what would happen to you. But he had no power to do any of that. Um, you know, th these people were, they, they, they were very, um, trained in the spy craft too. They left no fingerprints except for one at the mobile oil bo uh, bombing in New York. Um, they would hold things between their fingers without using their fingertips. Um, they were extremely disciplined and extraordinarily dedicated to their cause, so dedicated that they refused clemency. Um, and and one, of the, one of the terrorists by the name of William Morales on what would have been my dad's 37th birthday, July 12th, 1978, uh, was building a pipe bomb in his Queens, New York bomb factory when it detonated. It blew off nine of his fingers, one of his eyes. When the police got there, this is a one-eyed, one-fingered man trying to flush FALN documents down the toilet and turning on the gas in, the, in his apartment to turn it into a bomb that would kill the police and first responders who got there. Um, oh, this, guy, this guy then escaped from prison um, by shimmying down a, uh, a, a rope made of sheets uh, a few months later uh, while he was at Bellevue being fitted for prosthetic devices. So this, he, he, he escaped with the help of these, uh, the family. They were an amalgam of some of these same um, weather underground type groups. Um, and he escaped to Cuba, first Mexico, and then Cuba, where he's been a guest of the Cuban regime for the last 30 odd years, along with Joan Chesimard and some other um, terrorists that were actually have bills in front of Congress right now um, to get them returned. So we haven't given up the fight, but it's a really, it's, it's disgusting what has gone on in this country. And, uh, you know, I just saw it today on the news or in the newspaper, you know, Joanne Chesimard, Asanta Shakur, she goes by, they're having some sort of festival for her, um, you know, for... Uh, Tupac's for aunt, Tupac Shakur's aunt. Yeah, yeah, a murderer, a cop killer who killed Warner Forster on the Jersey Turnpike. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. This is what we got. And no, 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 no thought to the families or to those who were murdered. It's all been about 
they're, they're murderers. Um, and, uh, you know, I could tell you stories. We could, we could talk forever. Uh, the rights uh, of their murderers rather than the rights of the people. You know, Joe, I, I, I think about, you know, these people being connected to the weathermen and to Bill mm-hmm. Ayers. Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, her actual name is Bernadine Ornstein. And the fact that these weathermen ever walked free again and that the and the fact that they worked closely, you know, the man who Obama said was just a man in his neighborhood. No, it was a terrorist in his neighborhood. And he worked closely with him. In fact, he launched his presidential campaign from their living room. And the idea that Bill Ayers was also working with Cuba with yep. the Venceremos Brigade, where they were yep. training terrorists from the Middle East and Cuba. This yep. is, these are the dots that connect, that, sh- that bring into focus the real picture of what's taking place in this country. Eric Holder, Bill, yep. the, the good friend to Barack Obama, Eric Holder grew up close to Malcolm X. He went to Stuyvesant High School where his buddy was David Axelrod. David Axelrod's mother was the editor of the communist newspaper. His father was a psychiatrist who killed himself. Uh, Eric Holder, when he was at Columbia, took over the student, the Razi building while armed, demanding an all black student union. So, you know, if if you're talking about we're all gonna get together then why would you want an all black only student union? Uh, the idea that Eric Holder was sitting in the highest uh, seat, the highest office for the uh, rule of law in this country is stunning knowing that he himself was an armed terrorist at Columbia University. Yeah, look, I, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Not uh, at all. What I was going to say was, yes, and, and what happened was when Clinton was giving clemency to the FALN, um, you know, clemency is, is, the power to pardon is a one power of the president that's unchecked. And in Federal 74, Alexander Hamilton said that no president would abuse it lest he be thought a conniver. And as my brother pointed out, he never envisioned Bill Clinton. But no. when, when <laughs> or certainly not what's going on in the country now. But um, in order to get some cover for Clinton, um, rather than giving naked uh, clemencies to terrorists, he, he solicited a, uh, an opinion from the pardon attorney, Margaret Love, in 1999. And Margaret Love, who I got to talk to, um, refused. She, um, she said she would not give any uh, recommendation to release these terrorists. He also went to the FBI. They said no. Um, Bureau of Prisons, no. So Eric Holder was the deputy attorney general at the time, and he fired Margaret Love. And he hired a guy named uh, Christian Adams. Um, and he asked, um, Please Adams, repeat the name again. He hired Adams. Christian? Christian Adams. Adams. Okay, um, yeah. Yes. Adams also refused to give, Clement, to mm-hmm. give a, an opinion. But he gave, he gave an options memo to, to Clinton and the options were like, well, you could give them clemency, you could not give them clemency, you could reduce their sentences. It had various um, points, but nothing that said, yes, I recommend clemency. So Clinton used that options memo as the slight cover that he could 
Um, and then he offered these tariffs clemency in mid-August 1999. You know, I, then I testified for the first time in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about, about the, uh, what happened and Hillary's role in it. And I ended up testifying at Eric Holder's um, AG confirmation hearing in 2009 when I was invited to DC by the Republicans who ended up, most of, half of them voted for him anyway for AG, which was a disgrace. Um, but I pointed out, I pointed out that anyone that would that would um, offer clemency to terrorists would do anything, and um, and and I've been proven right. I mean, we saw Fast and Furious that happened shortly after that, and and now look at the Justice Department. Um, it's all legacy from from those days. It's been it was weaponized under Holder, and uh, it, and that has continued today. Um, I, not many people understand who Eric Holder is and that he himself has supported all these terrorists and that he himself was an armed terrorist at Columbia taking over that ROTC building. It, it's difficult to understand that he could have ever been approved for the attorney right. general. Yeah, you're right. And, and look, I, you know, I, I went down there very naive. I mean, I just knew what he had done with the, with the FAL and clemencies and all his rest of his history was sort of irrelevant to me. I was there talking about that one specific thing, which I thought disqualified him on its face. And um, it, it's funny, a few years later, um, I was at a conference in DC for work and uh, Holder was speaking at the conference and I approached him afterwards and all these sycophants were around him and he thought I was gonna you know, be his best friend. And I put out my hand and I said, you may not remember Mr. Holder, but I testified at your confirmation hearing, you released it. You, you recommended the release of the terrorist that murdered my father. And uh, he, was, he, he took a step back and, he said, and, uh, and his handlers were like, looked very nervous. And, uh, and, and I said, could you, I'd like you to tell me two things. I'd like, first, I'd like you to tell me why. And secondly, I'd like you to understand what that did to our family and how, and how much it, it brought back these, the murders of my dad again, where, you know, it, it, we, we never voted for the terrorists, but we put our trust in these politicians and say they're, they're fighting for us. And so in a lot of ways, I felt more betrayed, certainly by the politicians, the Obamas, the Clintons, the holders of the world, and the Bidens, because Biden was part of the holder or the uh, Obama administration. So, so anyway, I just say, I'll be quick. But, but Holder, come, holder said, well, he, the, um, if I remember right, the terrorists, they served enough time. That it, it, I said, that was wrong. That was proven wrong. And uh, he, he repeated the same lies that he gave then. And then he, I gave him my card. I said, please call me. I'd love to talk to you about this. And of course, I never heard from them. So that was that. But at least I got my, a chance to, uh, you know, to, to, to talk to him, to confront him about it. Well, I mean, these are the communist revolutionaries who have taken control of our government. If you look at Barack Obama, his mentor is Frank Marshall Davis. Uh, we wrote a piece, Clues to Obama's Mysterious ID. Every bit of information in that article comes out of the FBI vault. This is all information that comes directly out of the FBI vault. Frank Marshall Davis, you know, his CPUSA number, the fact that he was a Soviet spy, the fact that he was working at, against this country, and then his uh, little Barack becomes president of the United States. We can add him working with this, you know, the, the terrorist in his neighborhood, Bill Ayers, 
who was training terrorists in Cuba for the Venceremos Brigade. We have uh, the Hillary Clinton, who's working with Saul Alinsky. We have uh, Holder, who was taking over the uh, a student, uh, a ROTC building while armed. You would thought he would have been barred from any office. We also have him involved in Waco with Janet Reno. You know, what? who are these people other than communist revolutionaries? And the only thing uh, that we know they all have in common beyond being communist revolutionaries is that they seem to hate America. And just like Joe Biden, he came out of Council for a Livable World. That was uh, started by the Soviet silver master spy ring. That's who first put Joe Biden in office. But also Joe Biden was working with Mandela. He was working with George Soros, who went in with open society to overthrow South Africa. Has anyone ever heard a president of the United States start talking about white supremacy? Joe Biden is another longtime hardened, evil communist. Do you see it any other way? You know, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it another way. I, I, I hate to believe that my country has been hijacked in that way. But when you, you know, after 9-11, they kept saying, you know, we should put the connect the dots. And, and that everyone should have connected the dots and it would have avoided this. Well, I think, I think what we've done on this case is we've connected the dots. And the, the only answer is that we have a, a group of people at the highest levels of this government that are against the American people. And, you know, it, go, it goes back to the 60s. A lot of them uh, got into academia, like Bill Ayers. A lot of them got into Politics, well, Joe, let me hold you uh, there. So as we go into this break uh, and when we come back, I would love to hear about radical, these radicals who have gone into education. Uh, so I think our audience is learning that uh, radical Islam is the sort of communism. So after these messages from our sponsors, we will be back. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the National Security Hour, where you will hear the out loud truth. 
With me is Joe Connor. And you're hearing the truth today of terrorism and the officials in our country that have let it take place against the American people and the destruction of our country. And I'd like to hear from Joe on the connections to the weathermen, but I want you to know that please go to his website, wewinamerica.com. He also has a film, The Shattered Lives Movie, and his book, Shattered Lives. He also has another, uh, newfounders.net. The newfounders.net. The, the new Welcome back, Joe Connor. Um, thank you for bringing this information to the American people. This is the, the, the truth that the mainstream media does not bring to the American people. And as our country is being destroyed before our very eyes, because those very revolutionaries, that this is another Bolshevik revolution in this country. Our country is being destroyed before our eyes. Those who have taken control, they have turned off the spigots. We were buying our oil, 20% of it from Russia, while we're funding a war in Ukraine. Now a war that we know Joe Biden uh, did, took at least two $5 million payments. And they have recordings that we now know about. And so do you think that we've sent over hundreds of billions of dollars because they have the goods on Joe Biden? Or is it just because he likes to put us into war and what it's doing to this country? Every one of those billions of dollars are U.S. taxpayers' dollars, the people who actually work for a living. And so, you know, we've got the unrepentant terrorists let loose on this country, and we've got unrepentant terrorists themselves that are pulling the strings of what's taking place in America today. The idea that Joe Biden handed off our strategic petroleum reserve to China, you know, China that had a great relationship with Bill Ayers and the weathermen. So yeah. please, Joe, tell us, tell us about the connections to the weathermen, Bill Ayers, and to what we see happening in America today. Sure, as I alluded to before, the, you know, the FALN is based in Chicago and uh, Jose Lopez, Oscar Lopez, and the rest of them were very close connections with the, with the weather underground and the, the other terror groups of the late 60s and early 70s. Um, the the um, bomb making, the, the FALN bomb making was ma mainly done by William Morales. He's the guy who blew himself up and is in Cuba now. But he was taught um, the same bomb making techniques by the uh, chief bomb maker for the weather underground. So they were intimately connected. When, um, when, when they were trying to break Oscar Lopez out of prison and the FBI got word of this through an informant, they did a sting operation and uh, the plastic explosives that the FLN was trying to uh, retrieve to get Lopez out was actually picked up or the, the fake ones as it were, were picked up by a, med, a, a member of the Weather Underground. So there, there really was no distinction um, between these groups. They all had the same Marxist philosophy. They all had the same um, goals. And that was to destroy the American way of life. And, and uh, you know, I, I'll say my father was profiled and he was profiled by people who made him the, his judge, jury and executioner. And they would have, had if they could, they would have that. They they feel they, they would have their ability um, uh, to judge everyone in this country and uh, and and destroy anyone that that stood in their way. And 
uh, now we're seeing that today. We see it economically. We, we see it the way that the government works with these, um, creating this massive inflation to to hurt to uh, to hurt the American people and and uh, the idea and to destroy the, the middle class because of course that's a like, communist economy when you only have the oligarch class you know the officials and, who steal all the money and then the poor and, schlubs who have barely a thing and they if if you don't think that COVID was part of destroying the middle class. Uh, take a look on the streets, my friends, and notice the gray vans that say prime all over them. Those are the replacement for all the small business owners that used to have their little shops in this country. And, and, and then the war, the war against our children, whether it's abortion or whether it's um, in the schools where, they, where they're being taught this, uh, this gender stuff that's completely insane. Um, the, the, the lack of formula for, the, for babies there's been this concentrated war um, to try to stop people from uh, having children from re from reproducing because there's an elite class in my view that believes that they want the uh, that they want to control um, the world population and um, you know and, and it's you know I'm not crazy and you know people look at you when when you when you say these things like you have a tinfoil hat on but but as I said before you know when you start thinking about um, what has gone on in this uh, in this world and connecting the dots, you know, there, there's certain truths that have come out, and you know, it it's the the truth is now people say it's my truth. Well, there is no my truth. There is the truth, and the truth is that we have we are we are really destroying our population, and at the same time we're saying we don't have enough. We have to bring in illegal immigrants because we don't have enough people. Um, Seventy million babies are aborted over the last 50 years. So which is it? Do we have enough people or do we not have enough people? Or, or are we just trying to eliminate, you know, 50% of, of black babies are, are, um, are aborted. Is that the goal? I mean, it's, it's disgusting. It's, 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 it's evil. I mean, this is evil. Margaret Sanger and the Fabians that came into this country, the Fabian communists uh, to destroy it. Uh, I, I would suggest that our audience at theamericanreport.org, the American Report, um, I have the 45 goals of communism that were read on the floor of Congress in 1963. Understand that they said they wanted to get control of the schools, get control of all the student newspapers, uh, use student riots to foment uh, public protests uh, to, to destroy our way of life. This is about borders language and culture. And they are doing everything they can to destroy our borders, our language. This is, this is Babylon when, if we all speak different languages and our culture. And the, the, the mainstay of the American culture, the foundation to our constitution, to our way of life is the family. So when they are trying to present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy, well, then you know how normal, healthy, uh, and natural, they are not. So the idea that they're pushing, uh, and this is really grooming in our schools. They're grooming our children with this garbage that they're pushing down their throat. If you saw what the UN came out with, teaching little, little toddlers should start having sex. In what world is this normal? You know, my, my son is, uh, he's, he wrote a really good article. He has the same name as my father, Frank Connor, in in town hall a couple of weeks ago, and I encourage people to look him up. 
Um, he's studying now um, at the novitiate um, for the Augustinians down near Villanova to become a priest. And he's, uh, he wrote a terrific article about the connections, uh, you know, historical connections to what's going on in this world today um, and what has happened in the past. And, um, you know, I, I encourage people to, uh, I told him we need to, du to dumb it down a little bit because I need to understand it. But um, it's, a, uh, it's a really great, great piece that kind of puts a lot of this in perspective, which precisely what you're saying there. So, yeah, people uh, need to understand. I, I hope they'll go to town hall and read that piece by yeah. Frank Don Connor, because uh, until people understand uh, what is happening here, read the, those 40 points of communism. When they, their stated goal was to discredit the family as an institution and to encourage promiscuity and easy divorce, they wanted to break down the family, make sure that the mother is out of the home and has to work. One of the ways you do that is by destroying our economy. And that is underway right now. What is taking place right now? Mayorkas, another communist. He lies through both sides of his mouth under oath. You also have the FBI now lying. They had the recordings of Joe Biden cutting the deal with the Burisma executive. His wife says that she has all the data showing where all those monies went. We have people in charge who have taken control. This is a communist revolution. This is a Bolshevik revolution on this country. And this is all communism. And when they take your rights away, when they, there's a reason that they want to raise your children. You know, Hillary, it takes a village. No, it doesn't. It takes a family. So taking mom and a dad and, uh, you know, yeah. we, our family was, was shattered like that because our father was taken away. Um, but we had enough as a family to stick together. And I just pray that other people were able to do that because, uh, you know, when, when, look, when you don't believe in God, then, then you become the God. And I think that's what we've seen here. You worship government, you worship your own power and, and power of other people and that they have the right and the power to, to control. Um, so it, a lot of it is the breakdown of our, of a religious institution. You, you talked about COVID where liquor stores were open, but churches weren't. Um, so, you know, that was a, to me, that's a, that's a perfect example of how um, they've looked to destroy our faith in God and our ability and our, 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 our understanding to worship anything other than ourselves. And, uh, you know, we, this is this, and, and even something like pride, pride's a sin and, and we're worshiping pride. I, I have nothing against gay people. I don't care, but but pride is a deadly sin, and and it, it it's so obvious that we're worshiping something that's sinful, and you know I I, I don't I I, I, you know, I I don't know any other way to say it. Um, but anyway, well, I mean, this is a group of people that has no qualms lying. You know, you you have Christopher Ray just lying under oath. You have uh, Holder, um, he sat there and lied under oath. He told that Cardinal um, O'Connor wanted clemency, that he he suggested that clemency. That, yeah, was that was a, a lie. A lie. That was a lie. I, I have a letter from, from Cardinal O'Connor where he said, I never did that. And, uh, and he, he, his, he was contacted and said something like, well, you can look, you can look into it, but he never he never suggested that. And um, th these were the 
covers of these liars. Um, and, you know, the thing that they didn't expect when they offered the clemency was that there were people like us who would fight them. Um, we remembered. When I went to Terre Haute to the, to the prison, <clears throat> one of the, uh, you know, we, we get there and I'd never been to anything like this before. It looked like something had the Shawshank Redemption. And, you know, I walk in and the guard says, well, you guys know what to do. And I'm looking at him like, are you insane? I have no idea what to do. How would I know that? And I said, well, what do you normally do when people come here? He says, well, no one ever comes to parole hearings. They just mail it in. And I was like, well, we ain't mailing it in. And uh, right. you know, we, we sat down and we faced Lopez and he lied and he obfuscated. And he was a terrorist scumbag. Um, and uh, he had this Jen Sussler, his, his lawyer, who was sitting there, but she wasn't allowed to speak under federal parole hearings. But, you know, she's part of that communist uh, uh, law firm based in Chicago, whose name escapes me. But, um, you know, the William Kunstler um, School of Law over there. That, uh, um, so, you know, th these, these people are dug in and, and they're true believers. Um, These are the 30 pieces of silver crowd who are here to destroy America. They're all traitors. They work in concert. This is what a communist revolution looks like. You know, not many people know who put Barack uh, Obama uh, into Harvard. So they went to um, uh, an official in New York and he reached out to his friend. Uh, he reached out to Khalid Al-Mansur and he gave funding to Harvard. Uh, working with his his buddy Alawid bin Talal, the Saudi uh, billionaire. But who is Khalid Al-Mansour that got those monies from the Saudis to make a donation to Harvard to get Obama in? Well, Khalid Al-Mansour is in fact Don Warden of the Black Panthers. Khalid Al-Mansour was AKA Don Warden. That's who got Obama into Harvard with a $30 million donation. Yeah, and then, then Obama, you know, the, the senator he was running against, well, the, some big scandal happened immediately before the election. I mean, it's just go down the lot, go down the list of all the, all these things that happened to put that guy into the office, and uh, uh, and now you know he still hasn't left office. Still, he's running, he's running the show from afar here, and uh, from the basement, not. like he said he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a, he has a talking, uh, you know, I don't know what Biden, Biden is, but Obama's his ventriloquist at this point. Well, it's disturbing because we're watching this country torn apart. We're watching the cities that were, you know, much like what we saw the weathermen doing uh, in Chicago. It was a little different then because you had a mayor that said shoot to kill when when people kept rioting and killing people and believe and they were killing people there. So, to, you know, we have. Uh, two plus minutes left, three minutes. Please tell me about the other connections to the weathermen and then tell us what the American people can do. Well, I think, you know, the, the, the weathermen connections are, you know, we, we talked about the uh, Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and Obama's connection with, with both, um, their connection with the, uh, the family, which, is, which broke um, Morales out of prison. Um, and got him to Cuba, where he's been a, a guest there since. Um, so, I mean, Cuba really is the, 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 the focal point of all this. Um, and as far as what the American people can do, I, you know, I, it's a tough one. I mean, writing letters to your congressman, calling them, yes, to get these terrorists back. But I think it's more than that. I think all of us have something. 
that, that we have in our lives that we can make a stand on. And uh, it doesn't have to be big. It has to be whatever it is that you know is right and that it's being trampled on. For me, be it your uh, school board where they're your, trying to groom your children or your church. It your, precisely. It could be your school board. It could, it could be the church. It, it could be just, you know, the way, the way your family's being treated at, at their job, whatever it is. But, you know, everyone needs to, to step up and whatever that is, they need to, they need to say, well, you know what, me, me fighting this is worth it. Um, there are things worth fighting for. And, you know, the, the, you could lose your job. I could lose my job. Anyone could. But there are certain things that are worth fighting for. And that's because and, if we don't fight, who's going to? Well, part of the tactics that they're using are certainly the Alinsky uh, rules for radicals, including calling everyone a white supremacist. In what world does that work? That is so much garbage. And that lets you know what a a piece of garbage communist Joe Biden is. And if you want to know what a piece of garbage is, do you you know a lot of people who who shower with their little their daughter at that age? How (laughs) twisted is this man? No, I mean, being called a racist used to mean something and it was terrible and no one wants to be called a racist, but they've diluted that so much that if you disagree with a white person, I could be called a racist. We're just, I mean, it's just insane. Um, you know, they, they don't know what's in our hearts and, and, and in our hearts, I, th- I think the conservatives are, are, are pure of heart because I think that we believe everyone has the God-given ability to succeed and do great things. Well, um, Joe... Um, our time has come to an end. Uh, I, I think we come together as the American family. That's how we measure one another. We're fellow Americans. I hope you will come back. There's so much more you have to tell us. But I want to thank you for coming. And I want to thank our audience. Thank you for joining us on the mission. Thank you so much for having me. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. 